You're listening to the NFL on TuneIn. It's No Huddle with Brian Weber and Cordell Stewart. Always a pleasure to take you around the league with Russell Baxter from NFLSpinZone.com. Russ, we appreciate the time. Let's start with Ezekiel Elliott. What was your reaction to the news on Friday? He'd been suspended for a half dozen games. There had been media speculation it might be a single game or two games. Yeah, and I guess the media speculation didn't read the uh, you know the the six game suspension for domestic violence that was put into the policy a couple of years ago off the off the mistakes that were done by Ray Rice, et cetera, et cetera. Um, there's still going to be an appeal filed, and uh, we'll see what goes. I mean, we've all talked about this before. Um, it's always hard to get a gauge on what the NFL is going to do. They felt it was, I guess, kind of cut and dry, and I, I believe this is accumulative of the various things. Again, the, it's conduct. It's not guilt or innocent, okay? We saw the, what happened with Ben Roethlisberger seven years ago now, but it still happened. Um, I think what gets people upset is the erraticness of the decisions, and even though this was something that was put in there, say automatic six game suspension, there you know still people evoking what happened with Josh Brown, et cetera, et cetera. Um, it and it still has guys this Ouija board type impact, um, whether it's it's put in the, in the policy or not. So I, I think the NFL would do themselves some good if they were a little more cut and dry. I've been saying for three years. There needs to be two different sets of discipline, um, disciplinary factions with the league. One that deals with, you know, the, the, the uniform stuff and PEDs and everything that deals with real legal issues. And they need some lawyers as well. I'm not telling the league how to spend its money, but they seem to have a, a few bucks laying around. And Russ, that that may be the reason why, as you mentioned, there is such an inconsistent feeling towards some of these punishments because. You know, not saying that guys should test the, test the market and try to figure out what punishment category they can actually get into. Uh, but when it comes down to how do you lay it down for as punishment is concerned, you know, the backlash, whether it's from the fans, whether it's from the organization, uh, you know, it's kind of it's kind of off balance a little bit because of the level of inconsistency. How can you be consistent about how you deal with Because everything has to be case by case, shouldn't it? be case by case um and it, it and it doesn't as you know it doesn't have that feel to it and so on and again i think we're dealing with people who are I, I, this is the only the best way i can put it um i believe roger goodell when he embarked upon this about you know, eight or nine years ago really had good intentions when it came to cleaning up the league but I think that cleaning up meant drugs, alcohol. It didn't deal with, and think about this over the last couple of years, bullying in a locker room, dog fighting, spousal abuse, child abuse. Shall I go on? I mean, this is not stuff that a sports league is acclimated to dealing with. And I think they need to get in qualified people to make rulings on this stuff. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. It's like, you know, I, I don't want my dentist fixing my car just because he's good with tools. I'm not trying to make light of it. I'm just saying 
is I don't think the NFL has the and they've added people. I just don't think they're they're qualified as a sports league to make decisions and rulings on stuff that are this serious. Well said. Russell Baxter, NFLSpinZone.com is our guest on the NFL on TuneIn. Russ, fans in Chicago are buying Mitchell Trubisky a yellow jacket. He's going to the Hall of Fame based on a handful of series, and he looked good in fairness against Denver on Thursday night. In general, you've been covering football for a long time. What are your takeaways based on the preseason? How excited do you get when somebody plays well in that context? I, I don't even know if I – It's for me, the preseason is about comfort, okay? And what impressed me the most about Mitchell Trubisky, Deshaun Watson, um, and who am, I, who am I leaving out? We were, you guys were just talking Patrick about Mahomes also looked good in Kansas City Patrick against the 49ers. Was, yeah, uh, in other words, the rookie quarterbacks, with the exception of Josh Dobbs, who was a shaky mess in the beginning of the game, and then he kind of settled himself, settled himself in, and so on. But again, these rookie, the rookie quarterbacks, and rookies in general, does it look like the first time they've been in a football game? Does it look? Do they look confused? Again, how much you, you know? You're going by television, and the beat writers and the people covering teams have a, a better sense. Uh, of, of what's going on here and so on. But Mitchell Trubisky looked the part, and I think that probably surprised more people um, than, you know, than, say, Deshaun Watson coming in here and excelling and so on. Um, and Deshaun Watson w- w- was far from perfect, but he didn't look like he was – the moment was too big for him. Okay, and I think that's probably the best best way to say it. For a quarterback, it is a little different, and Cordell, you know that as well. It is a little different than a running back, um, a pass-rushing defensive end, you know, the complexities of the position, the different things that can happen and so on. But, again, you look at Trubisky, you look at Watson, um, and, and you can only be impressed because much like – Tom Brady when he finally got in the lineup, Ben Roethlisberger when he got in the lineup, Russell Wilson as a rookie. They just they didn't look like they were taking this major jump from college football to pro football. It just looked like they were making a transition from a football team to a football team. I know we talked about Ezekiel Elliott and his suspension, but I don't think we really addressed how the team looked without him uh, playing against the Rams. And, and as you mentioned, you know, it's like the comfort. I, I, I get all that. But it's also, uh, let's just say, decision-making. Like how, how I gauged Dak Prescott last year when I came out on a limb and said, Tony Romo will never see the football field again. And it wasn't because he looked like, the hall, like a Hall of Famer. It was because he was comfortable. It was because of the decision-making uh, that we had an opportunity to see him make. And most importantly, he did it with authority. How do you see this offense looking without – uh, Ezekiel Elliott, in the sense of everything I just mentioned, for the authority, whether it's Alfred Morris, Ronnie Hillman, or even uh, Darren McFadden? Well, the thing that that struck me was the end of last season, Cordell. Um, this was a, in the beginning of the year, it was really Zeke Elliott carrying the offense. Okay, That's not a knock on Dak Prescott. Right. I just thought it was great coaching by the Cowboys. And they had the luxury of Zeke Elliott, which enabled Dak Prescott to get slowly comfortable, right. more and more comfortable. And then you see it 
in the playoff game, in which I know the Cowboys lost 34-31, but Dak played a pretty good game. He got better as a passer as the season wore on. I would expect his passing numbers to increase this year, even if Zeke Elliott was in the lineup. It's just a natural progression. Um, and if you're able to groom your quarterback that way, more power to you. Instead of throwing him in the fire and then asking him to carry the team, I think that's one of the big mistakes, with all due respect, that the Colts have made with Andrew Luck. You know, when Peyton Manning was there in his latter years, it was like, well, the hell with the running game, and you know, the hell with the defense, because Peyton, just keep on scoring, scoring, scoring. We'll get some turnovers, blah, 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 et cetera. Andrew Luck kind of got thrown into that right away, and I think that's why it eventually cost Ryan Grigson his job. Ryan Grig- uh, Chris Ballard went out and tried to fix the defense. This idea of one-man football is great if you're sitting on your couch playing Madden. It doesn't work in the National Football League, okay? The idea that – here's one for you. I did, did some digging. We, you know, people talk about throwing the football and passing yards. Why is it that in 51 years that there has never been a quarterback lead the league in passing yards and won the Super Bowl but for the same season? Things that make you go, hmm, Cordell's going to ponder that. One more for me. You mentioned the Colts. How concerned are you? Now we're into the second week of August. Still no luck. Still on the physically unable to perform list coming back from the shoulder injury. Jim Irsay saying yesterday, the owner of the Colts, he doesn't know if luck's going to be ready for the season opener. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Well, you know, that could also be the fact that it's Wade Phillips' defense and Aaron Donald would probably be in a bad mood by then um, if, he, if, he, if he shows up. All kidding aside, you know, now the Colts finally get a defense and their quarterback's a little beat up and has been beat up the last couple of years. Um, you know, remember, first three seasons in the league, 11-5, 11-5, 11-5. You didn't miss a game. They went from losing a wild-card game to losing a divisional playoff game to losing the AFC championship game. It doesn't take long. And then you combine the fact that, you know, I think Luck has gotten into this mindset of having to carry the football team, hence the turnovers. Hence, he also brings them back because sometimes he's just, it's, it's just not the right way to construct a football team. And, uh, you know, I, that's not all on Ryan Grigson. I think that also has to do with Jim Irsay and the organization in general. They were so busy trying to replace Peyton Manning um, that they forgot about everything else. Now, Chris Ballard's going out and gotten pass rushers and drafted a lot of defensive linemen, but the bottom line is their quarterback isn't healthy. And add in this fact, too, Brian and Cordell, the rest of the AFC South hasn't stood around and waited for the Colts to play catch-up, okay? Houston looks like a better football team. They swept them last year for the first time in team history, meaning the Colts. Tennessee can't beat the Colts. I think they've lost 11 in a row to them. But they finished above them in the standings last year. Remember the Colts were, at one time, I believe the Colts won 16 straight divisional games. I think since then they're below 500 within the division. Great information as always, Russ. We appreciate you giving us a few minutes again today on the NFL on Tudin. My pleasure, sir, and I managed to finally do an episode pun-free. Well, and, and I appreciate that, <laughs> given the severity of the topics that we were dissecting. Thank you, Russell. You got it, sir. You've been listening to No Huddle with Brian Weber and former Steelers quarterback Cordell Slash Stewart, live on the NFL on TuneIn. 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown! The National Football League is on TuneIn.